Tom Brady. Play action. David Gibbons, where are you? There he is, wide open, just like that. 7-0, red, white, and blue, and a little bit of silver. Second quarter, 7-7, Willie McGinnis. Had a real good year for New England again. Sixth defensive touchdown for the Pats this year that leads the NFL. 14-7 to the third. Pennington to the end zone, and Ty Law turns around just at the right time. Third interception of the day thrown by Pennington. Pennington rolling. He'll throw deep. Oh, boy, right to Rodney Harrison. Four interceptions for Chad. Last jet quarterback to throw five. Richard Todd, number 14. And there it is, number five for Pennington. Eugene Wilson, Ty Law and the Pats, big day. That's right. It was week 16 of the 03 season. You heard the highlights right there of the New England Patriots beating the New York Jets 21 to 16. And as even Christian Fourier has pointed out, boy, oh boy, offensively, it was not great. And a guy joins us now who was a part of the 03 and 04 championship teams, even though he was uh, rehabbing a shoulder injury. Uh, there is a lot to talk about with uh, the gentleman who joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Stephen Neal is with Gresh and Fourier. Stephen, good uh, afternoon, man. Thanks for making some time for us. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, Looking uh, forward to it. I mean, this, first of all, another friend of Fourier, and I do want to I didn't realize a, I had this many. Well, I, I it's really <laughs> amazing. And I know we just got done talking to uh, Tom Ashworth and – Steve, I'm a big wrestling fan, as you as you might imagine, and a part of our talk with you is sort of your metamorphosis and this transformation that you went through. But, you know, I do want to ask you, where was Stephen Neal in 2003? You sort of, you, you were on the team, then you were off the team, then you get in, then you get hurt. So you're trying to make this transition from amateur wrestling. You're starting and stopping in pro football do you remember what the mindset was for you in 03, kind of going through that transition, but dealing with the adversity of being hurt? Yeah, it was, it was a rough year for me. I, uh, I got my first start in 2002, and before halftime, both my shoulders needed to get operated on. So that was pretty rough. And then I was in uh, mini camp, and we had a new free agent we were all excited about, uh, Rodney Harrison, and he likes to go pretty hard all the time. And so he jumps in the air, I put my hand up there, and boom, my shoulder gets uh, jacked up again. So I had to sit that whole year rehabbing. Cliff Kingsbury and I, we were uh, rehab partners. So he was, every day we'd be in that bubble, and, and then people would join us sometimes if they were a little banged up. But uh, I was a rehab specialist that entire year. So, so. so you were, uh, so Rodney, like, blew out both your shoulders or just the one? Just the one. So I was coming back from both because we play. I played in the Green Bay game, and right before halftime, I had torn both of my shoulders. And so mentally, you know, here I am of this wrestler, never had any injuries, and I'm thinking, I'm not sure if I can handle this sport of football. I mean, I'm playing as hard as I can. I just keep getting banged up. So, uh, but fortunately, you know, the year the year after, I just took it one game at a time, made it through one start, then the next start, and I was able to piece a few together, but still got hurt quite a bit, unfortunately. So wait, so you were, you wrestled at such a high level and extremely successful and you never got hurt wrestling. 
You know, I got when I got hurt wrestling. It was actually we were we were playing basketball uh, the year before, and I went to dunk it, and someone pushed me. So I hurt my shoulder the very first time playing basketball, but never in wrestling because uh, wrestling is one on one. You can protect yourself. Football, there's 22 guys out there. Get hit from the side, from behind. You can't really prepare for, as you know, Christian. You can't can't really prepare for what's coming all the time. Uh, how did you end up getting found? Like, who's the person that when people say, hey, Stephen Neal, who's the guy that discovered that you kind of might be okay at pro football? Yeah, it's an interesting story. So I tried to make the Olympic team in 2000. I fell short. But the entire wrestling process, I always told anyone who would listen, someday I want to play football. Did not know how that would work out. And there was in uh, 1996, there was this heavyweight wrestler named Matt Gaffari, who, uh, if you remember that time, he held up the little gymnast uh, shrug who hurt her foot. Anyways, he was a friend of mine, and I I told him, yeah, I want to play football. He says, I know an agent in Cleveland. You should give him a call. So this is 2001. Call this guy up. And he says, yeah, I might be able to get you a workout. Let me uh, work you out and see if you have what it takes to you know, play in this league. So um, I met him in Cleveland, Ohio, and then we went to Columbus. He dropped me off with uh, Dave Kennedy, who was a strength coach at uh, Ohio State, working out Vrabel and that whole group of uh, Ohio State guys. And this agent's name was Neil Cornrich, who happens to represent Belichick also. So after a week of training, um, Dave Kennedy told Neil, hey, this guy has you know, some physical ability. So Neil calls Bill and says, do me a favor, work this guy out. I've seen him wrestle. He might have what it takes. They brought me into Foxborough. I worked out for Scott Pioli, uh, Brian Dayball. He was in there. Rack was in there. You know, they had me doing uh, tight end drills, defensive line drills. They had no idea what I could do or, you know, what they wanted me to do. And then they said, hey, we like what you have. Come back next week. It's the start of training camp. You can pass the conditioning test. We'll let you into camp. So, Come back a week later, pass conditioning test pretty easily. Wrestling conditioning is very, uh, very hard. So past that, <laughs> I started on the defensive line. Um, didn't know what was going on. Uh, Dante's like, we loved going against you. We'd trap you every time. You just running around. So then they moved to the offensive line. Yeah, it was it was rough. Well, before you finish, line, before yeah. you finish, like we did have Dante on like at the beginning of the year. And I, I'm being like uh, I'm using my own words, but I think it had something to do with that. You sucked at defensive line. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Put him on defense, yeah. and he sucked. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. We put him on defense, and he sucked, and that was it. And then, but Dante becomes, you know, really your Yoda, right? Absolutely. Uh, he sat next, down next to me on the bus, and he's like, "Okay, when they say this, this means that. When they say this, this means." So we went on this whole bus ride, and then uh, they put me in the game. And I can't remember 50 things. I can remember about two. So <laughs> we get in, this, in the game. We're playing the Giants, and I'm sitting there. I can't remember hardly anything. And so I looked to the guard. I was playing right tackle at the time. The guard's name was Josh Rawlings. And I swear, I swear to God, I would look over and say, Josh, who do I have? And he'd point at someone. And then I would just try to maul that guy. And <laughs> And that, that was a whole first game. Oh like, my I had God. no idea what was going on. Wait, this and, is uh, and I, this this is this. I, okay, I've heard a lot of crazy things, Steve, in, <laughs> in in my time. I've never heard this story. I feel like it's made up. They put you in a no. game. They put you in a game, and you're giving you. So Dante is uh, giving you the line calls, 
And at this point, now everybody remember, like, you played guard. You didn't play tackle in the pros. You played guard. So they have you playing tackle. And then you're asking the left guard. Is it Was it right guard, right tackle you were playing or right left gu- tackle? Right guard. Right guard. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, you were playing guard. I, I'm amazed that – and then so are you listening to the actual – how do you know if it's a run or a pass? Well, so, okay, so, so this is training camp my first year. They had me at right tackle. That's where I, they had me at right tackle. We're, we're about, we were practicing with the Giants. They had just come off taking second in the Super Bowl to the Ravens. This is 2001, that, that year. And uh, Dante, before the game, because we're practicing at Bryant College, he's like, you're not going to play in this game. Just be on the sidelines, pay attention. All of a sudden, it's the fourth quarter, and he's like, Neil, get over here. Yeah, coach. He's like, get in there. And it's like, wait a sec. You told me. He's like, do you want to play or not? I'm like, okay, I'll go in. Um, so I had no clue. And like I said, Josh Rawlings was right guard. I was right tackle. And they would say the play, and uh, I think Michael Bishop was our quarterback, um, and that was a whole other issue. He would say something, and it's like, did you say right 34, 34? There's arguments in the huddle. I'm like, this is crazy. But um, Josh Rawlings would just, I'd say, who do I have? And he'd point at the guy because, to be honest, when you look at the playbook, um, you have the defensive line, and there's like the tackle, there's the end. So they all have letters. Well, I'm sitting here, and there's, no one has a letter on their, on their jersey. They got numbers. So I'm trying to memorize what I have to do. And it just, it was very confusing, uh, you know, having two weeks of football playing in the game. Um, so, yeah, he would point at the guy and I would just go attack him. And I can't imagine what that guy's thinking. Like, are they trying to pull a trick on me? I, I have no idea what was going <laughs> on. But he helped me at that first, that first game. And then um, I started to kind of understand a little bit better. But then at the end of that training camp, they brought me in. They said, Steve, we love everything about you except for one thing. And I took the bait. What is that, Coach? You don't know how to play football. <laughs> and it's so, kind of uh, important, said, Steve. <laughs> yeah, but we want to bring you back in the offseason and teach you. Wow. So I went home. Yeah, I went home, and I was going to just be the wrestling coach, wrestling coach at the college, which I was doing the year before. Uh, the Eagles picked me up on practice squad, so I was with them for about 12 weeks uh, in that 2001 season. And then the Patriots called and said, we want to bring you back for the next year. And that's why I, can't, I was able to come back in 2001, stand on the sidelines. Uh, I had learned how to practice a little bit, being with the Eagles for those 12 weeks. And then next thing you know, I'm standing on the sidelines of the Super Bowl and we win the first championship. It was just amazing. Uh, going from, you know, that, little, that whole year journey from a wrestler to a football player and getting to stand on the sidelines of the Super Bowl is just amazing. Stephen Neal is with Gresham Fourier. It's a part of our 03 look back, but in a lot of ways, this is really about how Stephen Neal ended up a part of these teams and then it's having a, fascinating a story. Having, it really is. And, and, and Steve, like, look, I'm a, I, I love wrestling. You beat Brock Lesnar. We even talked about it with freaking, you know, Dante and Dante put it over for God's sakes. Like, you know, we, we now see this mega star in Lesnar. He was in UFC. He's in WWE, all that kind of stuff. Was any of that ever of interest to you? Did you ever think, hey, you know what? I'm young. I'm athletic. I learned a little bit in football, whatever. Like, did you ever think of going down a road like that? Or were you really hell-bent on, I'm going to be a football player? I really wanted to try football. You know, there's always the people when they're uh, in their late 40s and 50s, and it's like, I could have done this, I could have done that. Well, I really wanted to give it a shot. I just didn't know how it would work out. And by the grace of God, it kind of fell into place, but there, I, I would never have done the professional wrestling. I, I love competition and I love, um, 
I don't think I could have a scripted thing where it's like, hey, we're going to go out there, you're going to lose, but we're going to have a show. Like, I don't think I could do that. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to take away from the WWE or uh, that is those guys have to perform, you know, almost every night, different cities. That's a tough lifestyle. Um, so I respect it. Um, but I think if I was, if football didn't work out, I probably would have tried to get into the uh, mixed martial arts. UFC was big back, back then, mm-hmm. just starting out where it was not as specialized as it is now. And a lot of my, uh, my friends got into that and, and uh, had some success. And um, it's funny. They're, they're like, Oh, it's so much easier than wrestling. And it's like, I don't know, man, you get hit in the face in this, you don't get hit in the face in wrestling. But uh, I guess they, uh, they enjoyed that. And, and there wasn't too much money back in the day in it. I think it's a little bit better now, but I probably would have gone into that field if, uh, if I didn't find the fo- the football thing didn't work out. Well, and because I peppered Fourier with some questions about you and stuff like that relative to like, you know, you, again, you look at a guy like Lesnar and you're like, Oh my God, what an animal. You're the guy who beat him for God's sakes. And you were at what? 280 pounds or something like that. And Fourier has mentioned that with, you there's kind of like I don't know about the switch per se but Christian has told me a few stories about some people who maybe needle you and he thought uh oh there's something it's a little one guy different. you don't mess with yeah it was like the one <laughs> dude that do- how how was that for you in terms of sort of uh controlling your ability to flip the switch to be on the mat, how much did that kind of help you in pro football in getting ready the way you needed to? Um, you know, being competitive, it doesn't really matter what you're doing, whether it's physical, whether it's, you know, in, in any kind of thing, um, you always want to be prepared. So the, the cool thing about being with New England is we were always prepared. I felt like we were so prepared each and every week, understanding what they're going to do, having a, a plan if they change it up. And so that, that, that helped me a lot because that didn't change from Russ and I always wanted to, to know what could happen and what might happen and be ready for it. Um, but to be honest with you, the, the sport of football, Dante had so many techniques, and if I just tried to wing it and do some wrestling stuff, I'd get well, – I mean, I got cursed at anyways doing the, trying to do his <laughs> techniques. But, um, but I really tried not to bring any of the wrestling. The wrestling really came out if I got beat, I would be able to adjust my hips and, and, and land in positions that I don't, don't think a lot of football players uh, were re- ready for. And so I could kind of stay in the fight if I was uh, kind of beat. But I didn't really do – I was a real offensive wrestler, and that stuff does not, does not translate very well to offensive line. Uh, I think it would translate more for beating people in the pass rush and all that kind of stuff, but – as Dante established, I was terrible on defense, so that never even got to uh, got to get worked out and tried out. Yeah, but, so, um, yeah, yeah so, no, I, I, I think the physicality and the one thing I try to tell high school coaches because everyone always wants to get me to to talk their coaches into wrestling, getting the kids to wrestle. When you wrestle, you have your hands on an opponent for thirty to forty minutes in a practice. In football, you have your hands on an opponent maybe three minutes of an entire practice. So if you go for like four weeks, the amount of time you have your hands physically on another human being, you can feel what they're about to do and you can react. So I had this great feel of when I was blocking someone, if they're about to spin, I know they're spinning and I, I, my feet react accordingly. And so I was able to uh, have all that extra minutes or hours or, you know, weeks or months of time actually physically touching another human being and, and being able to understand and read them. And I think that helped me out tremendously in the, in football. So we're talking, or again, it's every Thursday. We do our 2003 look back, the, the 20 year 
uh, look back of that uh, Super Bowl with the Patriots and Steve Neal. Steve, the um, and I, I mean this, and this is a serious question. Has anyone ever approached you about doing a movie about your life? Not seriously. So some people have talked about, hey, I'd like to write a book or this or that, and I'm just like, eh. I'm not really interested. I, I, my kids are, uh, I have one still in high school and then I have two that are in college. And so I, my, my time is, is for them, but, uh, I haven't had anyone seriously approach about a movie. Um, so no, that's the, okay. Now if answer. someone says wrestling instead of wrestling, do you have a problem with that? I could care less. Okay. <laughs> Thank uh, you. And then the, the last one, the last one, because the, the one thing that Gresh, I thought Gresh was going to mention, I, and Tom and I, we were talking about this last week, is that uh, I do remember, like, certain occasions where, you know, you're in the locker room, you're in the weight room, guys are slap fighting, they're, uh, uh, you know, they're, you know, they're just messing around, pushing each other, and then, and I always remember, like, I, I don't think anyone, like, once they realized that you were going to take it seriously, I always remember, like, even the baddest dude would kind of, like, all right, this isn't the life I want to live right now. I, that's, maybe that's just me, Steve, kind of, like, building that whole reputation up a little bit. But I do remember, like, like that being a thing. Am I right or am I wrong? Well, there was, there was one thing that, that uh, so Vrabel, he, he, went to a wrestling high school and he was a big advocate for me because he loves wrestling. And then also we had the same agent and he was there from the beginning. We used to do this little, uh, I'd call it a trick, but if I gave you my leg, okay, here's, here's my leg. Try to take me down. Um, I understand the only way for me to get taken down is if you move me and get me hopping and then switch to two legs. Uh, Cause I had pretty good balance. And so people would grab a hold of one leg and they're trying to pull me down. And I could with, even without my hands sprawl back, take people to the ground because they just didn't know what they were doing. They didn't have the experience. So uh, we did that trick a few different times. Um, and then Vrabel was always laughing. Oh, look at that. You can't take him down. You have his leg. And so it was kind of more of a trick than it was really a. Hmm. Vrabel was in on it. Huh? I was just going to say, hmm. Vrabel, Vrabel was yeah, in on yeah, it. Huh? Yeah. Oh, that's where it all so. started. He tried to corrupt you. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, Stephen Neal, since you, uh, you know, amateur wrestling, you if you're aware of MMA and things like that, I want to end with a question that you are very equipped to help us answer. And I'm sure that over the years you have learned that Christian Fourier at times will just sort of blurt some things out and say some stuff that makes all of us pause. Uh, there was a comment made last week by your former teammate, and I quote, most people could beat Bruce Lee's ass because we were talking about MMA and Bruce Lee came up and Fourier thinks that Bruce Lee would get ragdolled by most Americans. Then it no, turned into he, MMA fighters. It, it's really and he moved the goalpost a little, a little bit. bit. Where do you, where would you stand on Bruce Lee being able to handle himself in 2023? I would just ask one question, and my question for Bruce Lee would be, "How much do you weigh?" One thirty-five. Yeah, that's not uh, that, that's that's not going to be able to take out a lot of people. And I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything. And you can do all this kicking and dancing and stuff like that, but when someone grabs a hold of you, you you can't do kicking when you're on the ground. So I, I think that's. One of the things they teach in self-defense, uh, there's a lot of very skilled women out there, but if you weigh 135 pounds and a 220-pound man gets a hold of you, you're in trouble. You need to just get, get out of 
get out of Dodge. So I, I, I would agree with Christian. Um, <laughs> Oh, we, oh, oh, yeah. we will thank Chris. He's a, he's a lightweight. He's yeah, beyond lightweight. Christian found the one person who has agreed well, with him I now. wasn't and even going to ask him this question. You, he's, he's actually he's a pro. Equipped, he's equipped to answer it. Like, well, that's why I, I can't. He, he gets the, the wrestling, martial arts, we, we things see like it. that. Listen, but, sorry. Oh, yeah, Steven, we see it the same way. We see it. There okay. It We're experts in our field. Uh <laughs> This has been fun. We're gonna have. This to, has been the best. We're, we're like I could, to, I could talk to Steve for an hour, and I, and I'm sure he's got Fourier stories that we don't have time to get off the ground. So uh, we always ask, but unfortunately, we're backed up against it. Stephen Neal, thanks for the time. Uh, we definitely want to do this again uh, at some point. You have a hell of a story. You're a, uh, I mean, it's an amazing run and it's movie worthy. And thanks for making time, man. We really do appreciate it. Can I say one thing? Do you have thirty seconds? Of yeah. course, of course, course. yeah. I want to thank Christian uh, because as a tight end, people don't realize how hard the tight end position is. Offensive line, you got to focus on the, the pass blocking, the run blocking, but we don't have to deal, deal with where you line up. Tight ends have to figure out where you line up, the motion, the pass routes, and the run game. And so Christian was the one tight end. When I pulled around the corner, I knew exactly who I was going to block. We had other tight ends that were really good but they would miss their block or they'd hit the wrong block. So every time I came around the corner, if I was supposed to kick out and Christian was there, I knew I was kicking out. If I was supposed to pull up, Christian was kicking out. And I really respected playing with you, Christian, because uh, you always did the right thing, and I never had a surprise coming around the corner. So thank boy. you very much. You're the best. That's my favorite. <laughs> I appreciate Listen, it. They hate Liz, Steve. They think I planted this question on you. They, they think, No, we think you I, planted think, the answer. No, I didn't plant anything. Because I we were texting back and forth. Well, I, didn't, I didn't tell them to do anything. Yeah, because, Steve, you know what we've heard, and Fourier uh, went through, I want to say, about 15 guests and asking the question this year, how smart are tight ends, and aren't they smarter than quarterbacks? Oh. And, yeah, they all say the same I thing. Would, I wouldn't say – I wouldn't say they're smarter than quarterbacks. I'm just saying they're probably they, they have to know where to line up. They have to know the motion. They have to listen to a whole lot more in the call than offensive linemen Damn. do. And I respect that. That's wow. my that's, that's my uh, Stephen Neal, my best friend. Stephen Neal. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> we'll do it again soon, Steve. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Have that was that was great.